The Guardian's obituary for Patrick Heron was entitled The Color of Genius. In it, Heron was lauded as having been one of the half dozen important British painters of the 20th century. Many things contributed to this country's late awakening to the power and importance of modern art after the Second World War. But among them, Heron's work as painter, critic, and polemicist was a key factor. Heron was one of Britain's foremost abstract painters. He was also a writer and designer based in St. Ives in Cornwall. He lived in Cornwall as a child from the age of five and returned there for the final 14 months of the war in order to work for the potter Bernard Leach. One of his friends was the Guardian journalist Mark Arnold Forster, who a few years later sold him Eagle's Nest, a house with a famous garden high above the Atlantic at Zena, near St. Ives, where Heron had spent childhood holidays. Heron's move to Eagle's Nest coincided with his move into non-figurative painting, and among his first works of the period were the garden paintings, opalescent meshes of color streaked and dribbled vertically onto the canvases. His work became recognized for its bold use of color and light, which redefined British abstract art in the 1960s. Initially inspired by the French painters Henri Matisse and Georges Braque, he turned to abstraction in his mid-30s under the influence of abstract expressionism, in particular the color field painting style popularized by Mark Rothko and Barnett Newman. His work is noted for its saturated color, and despite being unmistakably abstract, the essential naturalism of its forms. And these qualities are all apparent in the dazzling kneelers that he designed in 1993 to surround Henry Moore's circular altar here at St. Stephen Walbrook. Heron insisted that he was not a member of any church and that his images were made from a purely pictorial experience. Our kneelers were actually the only work that he made for a church, and the only other ecclesiastical connection to his work is that the Methodist collection of art purchased a painting of a crucifix and candles at night, which is derived from part of a painting by Titian in the National Gallery. Francis Hoyland, speaking about that image, said, Heron has used his senses, his body, his flesh, and made something attractive, and maybe he too was a channel of grace. It seems to me that another way in which Heron was a channel of grace was through his forging of images from natural forms. His garden paintings, as we've heard, were a response to the petals and leaves of the camellias and azaleas that were in flower all over the garden at Eagle's Nest, his home in St. Ives, when he and his wife arrived there to live. Similarly, the paintings that he was making when he died 
were typical of his style in their use of vibrant color and in their imagery which alluded to the flowers and rocks found around the Cornish coast. His use of natural forms to create abstract art is a point of connection with Henry Moore, who said, I have found the principles of form and rhythm from the study of natural objects. The architect, Anthony Gaudi, described nature as the great book, always open, that we should force ourselves to read. And he thought that everything structural or ornamental that an architect might imagine was already prefigured in natural form. The argument that Gaudi made began with God as the creator of all, and it continued with the recognition that all God made was good. And so when artists or architects base their work on natural forms, they are working with God's good creation and thereby uh, as his creation reveals his goodness, also reflecting and revealing something of the glory of God. Although Moore and Heron would not necessarily have acknowledged it, in basing their work on natural forms, they were reflecting and revealing something of the glory of God. Heron's kneelers do so, I think, in a particularly profound manner. They bring the wild fecundity of natural forms into a geometrically ordered building. They bring vibrant color into the light and dark contrasts of the stone and the paneling. And they use these colorful natural forms to designate sacred space. The geometrical perfection of Wren's architectural design focuses our attention on God's perfect nature. The wild vibrancy of Heron's natural forms focus our attention on the love of God which exceeds all bounds, particularly in Christ's sacrifice of himself on the cross, which shapes and is central to our worship and this space. In these ways he was, I think, perhaps unconsciously, a channel of grace. And that thought leads me to another, that he may also have been a recipient of grace. The Guardian's art critic Adrian Searle wrote of Heron's last paintings, there is an enormous freedom and vitality in them. They are about pleasure and the spirit gets free reign. I certainly don't think he was staring into the dark void of looming death. Quite the opposite.